Welcome to Winning at Work, the podcast for foodies, founders, and food and beverage professionals. You know, if you wanted to discover a new brand, a new food or beverage to try, there are literally thousands of companies out there. It is very difficult to do that. That's why we curate the different, the better, and the special brands here each and every week so you don't have to do the heavy lifting. If you're a founder and you're looking to connect with other like-minded executives, we make that very easy. And if you just work in the food and beverage industry and you're looking for fresh inspiration, we have that here in spades. This episode is sponsored by Temple. Congratulations, you're selling in retail. But the competition is fierce and your brand is surrounded by similar products. How will consumers find you? Let Temple show you an innovative retail sales solution. Click on the Attract Consumers link below. Need to attract great employees? Click on the Hire Now below and we'll show you how to use your culture to help you stand out. Stay tuned for this week's episode. Welcome to Winning at Work, everybody. It's Tony, and I had a really interesting sample pack sent to me. This is a, um, it's a jelly, okay? It's made from an herb. Uh, konjac, did I pronounce that right, Michael? Yep, konjac. Yeah. Konjac. And the the herb is found uh, primarily in Japan and other areas uh, in, within Asia. It's rich in dietary fiber. And this snack, what I really liked about it, it's got a unique texture. It is definitely a jelly. It's kind of a chewy jelly. It's lightly sweetened. I think of it as kind of a fun snack. You know, most of us are home, we're working, or we go to the office. We, you know, we're kind of in our our element for hours at a time, and you kind of want something that you can snack on. I like things that are more sweet. So this is why I like this, because it was... It was sweet, but it was lower sugar, lower calorie. Um, and as it stands right now, it looks like this really um, new entry into the marketplace has three skews. It's got a matcha, which is kind of a tea flavor. That's how it appeared to me. Then they've got a peach chia, which is their newest. And then they've got a mango. And I've got a what I would call a relatively new food entrepreneur with me today, Michael Rosenzweig. And he's got to kind of help us understand the the journey he's been going through with this really unique uh, snack. Michael, welcome in today, my man. Hey, Tony. Thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I'm I got and I was just telling you kind of off air. I've already reordered. <laughs> yeah, that's music to my ears. That's like the nicest I thing really I did. I, I really <laughs> did. I was thinking um, I needed some more snacks and I really liked I really liked how you how you presented this this product. So how did you discover Konjac and why did you decide to put it into this jelly form? Yeah, so my, my story is a little bit unique. I'm from Pennsylvania originally. So like Konjac isn't, as you mentioned, is a vegetable. It grows in Japan. Uh, other countries in Asia also have Konjac products as well. Um, but actually, so when I was a, like a little kid, I've been obsessed with food basically throughout my life. And I've... Um, like Japanese food in particular, I've been such a big fan. So after college, I, I majored in international relations, ended up moving into Japan. And I thought I'd stay for one year. And I lived there for six years. So I had kind of my own little Anthony Bourdain experience and traveled throughout the country. And the nice thing was, is I was like super passionate about becoming fluent in Japanese. And the easiest thing for me to do was just to talk to people about 
um, basically local, like local food, local sake. Um, in, like that topic in particular was just something that everyone wanted to talk about because in Japan, there's a lot of regional differences, regional specialties, and people are eager to share um, their, their food history, basically. So I have a co-founder, Shinji. Um, the funny thing is, is I, um, so I moved back to the US when I was 29. I went to graduate school and then I pivoted into the food industry. So beforehand, it was just like a passion of mine. And I realized then that like I wanted to pursue a career in the industry. And so I had actually, right before COVID happened, pitched him at this company I was working beforehand uh, about another food product, like the company I was working for. And so he's he's actually from Japan. And we connected over um, just loving Japanese snacks and thinking that you know there's some great ingredients out there that are really healthy that also can be used to make uh, different food products. And here in the U.S., you know, um, there's a whole wave of better for you products. You know, people are looking for ways to not only delight customers with taste and just convenience, but also to give them ingredients that sort of replace the things that have, um, you know, like contributed to some problems in our food system and um, in people's health. So uh, we started thinking about konjac, this ingredient. And uh, for those who are unfamiliar, it's um, basically like this starchy yam and it's um, like tofu for example it's mostly texture and no taste so as a base ingredient for it it's a great gelatin substitute and um, that's where we started so like what what can we do with this ingredient and that was kind of the start of what we call we call them konjac juice so they're basically like gummy snacks um, they're a little bit firmer than jello for those who are listening and but not quite as firm as like a um, as like a gummy bear so they're in between in terms of texture uh, but they come in these like individual sachets. So um, they're great on the go snacks and they're, they're really tasty. And, um, you know, the konjac is just giving texture. And so we flavor them with Alfonso mango and our, uh, mango flavor. And in the matcha flavor, we're using matcha powder. So um, and then the peach one is actually peaches from this place in Japan near uh, Mount Fuji. Uh, so they're not Georgia peaches. They're slightly oh. unique peaches. But, yeah, we, we don't really highlight that on the label at all. But anyway, so we've... Um, we, we've tried half and half to kind of highlight Japanese ingredients, but also do some like, you know, the mangoes themselves were using uh, fruit concentrate from India. Uh, so, yeah. No, that's good. Well, so what is your vision then for Pack Pack Snacks? Yeah, so I have like a kind of a several fold um, vision, which uh, hopefully isn't, isn't too annoying to hear. It's a bit ambitious. Um, so one, one, one thing is just... Um, I, I thought like, so pack pack snacks, like the kind of the vision is um, embedded in, in the name a bit. So uh, pack pack snacks comes from a Japanese word, paku paku, uh, which is an onomatopoeia word. It means to chomp or chew. Um, so the first thing that uh, I'm trying to convey with the, like, the title of the company is sort of our um, kind of like multidimensional like snack approach. So I want something that delivers on like texture and taste. And then um, I also liked pack pack because um, the word pack is like kind of makes you think that it contains something. And so, you know, um, to compete with sort of bigger CPG brands to just be a delicious snack is, you know, is, is one thing. But there's obviously like the sort of the open spaces to give, I think, is to give customers sort of a healthier experience that's um, very seamless. Like some I think some companies hit it over the nail, whether like this is like the healthiest thing for you. But in terms of retention, if the taste doesn't deliver or it's, you know, if it's too much of like a Frankenstein ingredient label, then um, then you're not necessarily building healthy habits and it can be just a trend. But I want uh, our snacks to be so delicious that 
um, it doesn't need to be healthy, but it's just has that extra uh, dimension. And then, um, so I also liked, so that's, those are sort of my vision is to make something both delicious and healthy, but um, just like the lasting impression is that it's just a really tasty snack. And then um, for people who haven't seen our packaging, it's like a very cute and I'm hoping to make a product that's also, you know, when I grew up, I, I love CPG products that had really cute character branding that just um, felt like bright and energetic. And so we have a mascot that's featured on our packaging. Her name's uh, Jella, and she's kind of like the company, first company mascot of Pack Pack Snacks. And so I want to have um, for like Gen Z or sort of the younger generation, um, I want to provide them with like a snack product like that feels really fun. And yet is something that like their parent or their mom or dad would be really happy for them to be snacking on. Yeah. So Jella is prominent on the pack yeah. and Jella, I don't, was, is Jella, is she on the little sachets as well? No, but she may be. And that's like, I didn't oh, think she I've was. Been contemplating. The, yeah. Yeah. So she's on the main, the, the main packaging. You know, it's kind of a cute character and there's lots of options you can do with that. You know, you can do, um, a storybook or something kind of fun, you know, some fun animated adventure that Jella goes on and it becomes like it's its own thing that kids are kind of drawn or attracted to. Uh, you've got merchandise opportunities, you know, with cute shirts and things like that. So I think it's it's kind of clever to bring in a little mascot, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. In, in my mind, I've actually like have like kind of like this elaborate story of where she's from and like um, that's really the road that I also would like to go down in the future. Uh, but as a, you know, we, we launched last July. So uh, basically a year ago, I mean, and our company is basically around two years old. So, um, the, the core, the core issue is us like selling our main products right now. And th this is sort of like the ancillary, um, but I would love, you know, in the future for that to be something that happens. And I just don't want to say that is our business because then, you know, like later on, if it doesn't happen, then then I seem a bit delusional. <laughs> yeah, but that's certainly in the cards. I, I know you've gone back and listened to some of our other episodes and some of our yeah. other brands, you know, that have been on here. I think we were, we were talking about that a little bit off yeah. air. And so to your business, but this is really your first year now kind of launching. It looks like yeah. you're, um, you're obviously DTC. It looks like you've got a little bit of a toehold in retail, and you're also working your way into some coffee shops or, or boba shops. So what do you think is the right retail partner? I'll just kind of use that broadly. What's the right retail partner, do you think, for this this product? Yeah, so I think about it a bit in like this the stage of our development. Uh, and so um, because konjac is an unfamiliar ingredient to people, um, there's a lot of education that needs to take place. And so uh, there are some people who are familiar with the product. And that's like, there's a similar product that in, that's existed in Asian grocery stores. Um, so people who've had the product before, they've had like, there's a, a lychee flavor that's been on the market that's uh, extremely popular. And, and th so that's kind of one easy place where there's already a high level of familiarity and demand for the product. Um but as as you've said, like it's not a it's not a product or a, an ingredient that's found majorly in retail. So it's not like it, when you're talking to retail buyers, I've you know you have to educate them or really show demand. So the two places that I focused on 
initially, uh, so one is a boba shop. So actually, konjac jelly as like an ingredient, like slightly different, is an add-on in boba shops. But um, we've actually had um, a lot of success in getting our products as a grab-and-go item to um, be added to uh, stores. Like um, a lot of store owners are really eager to have, you know, a snack that's seems complementary. The the flavors and the texture of the product is yes. something that really aligns with boba shops. And um, so that's, you know, if you haven't noticed, like across the U.S., like there are increasing number of boba shops opening and a lot of people are, are going um, all throughout the day. And so uh, we're talking with them about how they can make use of underlies, underutilized counter space and also just have something, you know, interesting for the store that can be a conversation starter. And then the second places that we've had success early on right now is um, just like in independent grocery stores and um, like gift shops, actually some hotel lobbies that are looking for a product that is something that people haven't seen before because um, we're, you know, we're not found in Whole Foods or in Target or, in, you know, or these sort of like national retailers. And so we, we've had success. But for some of those accounts, especially the independent grocery stores, um, sampling has been crucial in and we getting healthy reorders just because, you know, when I when I talk to customers in store, you know, immediately it's it's not like, oh, I've had this product before. They're like, what what is this? And so what that's, is this? Yeah. Yeah. So that's been um, sort of the problem and the opportunity. So I'm also using that as um, a way to get data early on and show that the sort of the bigger regional and national grocery stores that we can really move in in store and that when you know when we sit next to a haribo or a product like that or a smart suite like we are something that's adding to the category and is something that is intriguing um a customer set and is something that they'll repeatedly purchase and not just get it one time out of novelty yeah and i was thinking too a nice little uh, pos box you know oh with- yeah with Jella there, right, is kind of the pop up, and then you've got the box with all the individuals in there. I think that's a great a great countertop, as you were saying, the boba shops and and in the um, hotel lobbies. Yeah, so we actually, um, I'm glad you said that. We just designed ours. It has it prominently features Jella and sort of our you know main benefits like konjac is uh, low calorie, has fiber. It's um, is people in Japan actually use these types of products as a diet, like as a diet supplement, um, but it's, it's pr- quite filling despite its low calorie count. And um, so we have a little blurb about Konjac and um, we're giving that to boba shops that order th- from us. And because it just like neatly shows the product benefits and also catches the customer's eyes with the, the cute cartoony design. Yep. Good luck eating just one. I couldn't do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it was so- like one and then two and then I'd grab three or four to go. And that's kind of how that kind of how that journey went. Okay. So yeah. you're not, so you're in the kind of the natural or the kind of the independent stores right now. Where are you looking for product placement in those stores? Where's the ideal place have you found? Yeah. So, um, ideally, and I'm, uh, I'm not there yet is would be like next to the register, sort of the impulse purchase or something like, because you know, that's like the naturally before you check out, you're scanning like the counter, looking at the magazines, you're, you're, you're you have, some extra time and like you're just looking for something for your eyeballs to fixate on right so that'd be one spot and the other places i'm you know we are basically kind of like a kind of haribo i would say haribo is one of my inspirations 
I mean, they're like have the cartoon and just a whole plethora of really fun, different gummy snacks. And so we're kind of positioned as like a little bit of a better for you premium, like different kind of like experience like that. So um, kind of like adjacent to that is also where I see us doing well. Yeah, that would make sense on the shelf there. Yeah. So you mentioned that, yes, it's a it's a kind of a unique product offering. People have not heard of Konjac before. So talk about your your challenges or your successes in raising awareness with consumers. What what seems to work at this point? Yeah, so um, I'll talk if you don't mind, I'll talk about my big success and I would say slight failures. Um just because both have been learning. So we're, we're I mean, it's show. life. I mean, if everyone just talks it's, it's about life, things yeah. that work, I mean, it's kind of like not honest. I mean, not everything works. Yeah, not ev- not everything works true. Um, so, you know, we're bootstrapped and um, maybe we'll raise. But for now, I, I, like, I like the thing I like about being bootstrapped is like we just have to be very smart and very concentrated. And so what has worked is one like... um boba shops has been just been great for us just because like it's the people going in there like naturally seem to like be interested in the snack uh and there is like you know um there are some stores that are already having like snacks on on the aisle but there's a lot of shops that just don't have any um items so it's uh like kind of like wide open space i see it um so that's one thing the other place that we've had great success is just um like for instance i went to the Japanese Sakura Matsuri, which is like this the largest cherry blossom festival in the US in Washington, DC. And they had like 30 something thousand people attending and we were handing out samples there. And it's just like people are really interested in discovering new snacks, especially with um, Jap- Japan origin, because that's like what people are there to celebrate is, uh, is Japanese culture. And so that was a really great event for us. So just finding like kind of like fairs or, or events like that, where people are interested in discovering a unique snack because it you know, it is memorable because generally people haven't seen it before. So that, that, those are, I would say the success stories so far. Um, one challenge I had is actually, so with Jella, like kind of like building a character mascot, like how do you incorporate into that brand has been a bit difficult. And so, as I mentioned earlier, like I was thinking of doing like some animation, something that would be poppy on social media, you know, with social media. Um, so because we have this, I was kind of contemplating like a couple directions, I mean, because konjac is like a healthy vegetable that we've they've used, you know, you can talk about product benefits on Instagram, and that's been sort of like a tried and true strategy. But I was thinking one way to stand out would be to do some more like animated uh, videos with Jella. So we started working on that, but couldn't kind of find a partner who could affordably like swing into it and make something that was really resonating. So, I mean, we didn't spend too much time on it because we quick, like we don't have that much of a budget to just like really dedicate to, um, you know, you know marketing I see people defense. using, uh, the open AI now for this kind of stuff. Oh, for, um, doing animations. Yeah. I think I bet if you, I, I haven't tried that one, but I, we've started experimenting a bunch with AI and I know the oh, free version really? probably don't give you what you want, but I bet if you yeah. paid for some of the, some of the AI tools and you uploaded your, your character, yeah, you'd be, you'd be surprised. Yeah. I probably need to look more into it. Uh, I just, uh, that's the budget. Of- I mean, that's big time bootstrap, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. guerrilla warfare kind of, kind of work. 
Yeah, I, I I thought maybe like the loops of like understanding that this is a, a mascot for a food brand talking to you about why you should try a food may have been a bit too much of a stretch currently for customers. Uh, and so finding a way for it to f- feel very welcoming and interesting and also like selling the product is cu- the the problem. I mean, it's something I'd have to think about long term, but in the short term, that was something that I thought could do well and create vi- virality on TikTok and like hopefully get a lot of eyeballs, but was just not just not delivering. So, yeah, well, as you say, it's kind of expensive when you try to work with those, you know, marketing and designers and creators. They're trying to make a living, too. Yeah. Of course. Um, so you've got about a year now, well, two years, but maybe a year mm-hmm. under your belt, really, of of really working to get the product out and making those sales calls. Do you have yeah. any general advice that you would offer to someone, who, another food entrepreneur that's kind of dealing in a speciality? Yeah, I mean, so I think just, I think you can never be doing enough in sales. <laughs> For me, I would just never, like as advice, I would never expect the product to sell itself. Um, I think Though maybe if those days existed, um, for for except for like really exception products, those days are are gone. You know, for food entrepreneurs, I think they thought you know paid marketing on Facebook would be like the end all and be all of like the D to C sales strategy. And so, um, connecting with your buyers, understanding who your buyers are and where you play from, like before you launch, and even put you know putting in work like you have a product that's ready to sell, I think is something that I would a word of advice that I would would give. Um, because, you know, like the national, the retail landscape is just humongous. Um, there's just so many players and so many different spaces, but like they they are being, um, inundated with, you know, so many different products. So you're just like not the top of mind for them. Difficult to break in when you don't have a name yet. And that's why I've seen people use DTC. They'll get on Amazon. They'll kind of work that marketplace to really hone in on their ideal customer hone in on the story, the packaging. Have you played around with Amazon? Are you even on Amazon? So we're going to be on Amazon. I'm going to fulfill it from our warehouse. So fulfilled by merchant, you know, there's two options. I know you've got, unfortunately they downgrade those. Those. Yeah. So I mean, Amazon's not like our core to our strategy, but I, I do think that, you know, Amazon, a lot of people shop on Amazon. So that's something that I, I do need to figure out, but yeah, particularly um, because you, know, you can get, you can probably drive people who, who have tried or know the, the herb, yeah. you know, they've, they've seen that. Yeah. But for some reason though, they, they want to fulfill it themselves and yeah. anytime it's by merchant, they kind of downgraded in the algorithm from what I've, from what I've noticed. Well, if you're fulfilled by Amazon, I think you're automatically enrolled in Prime. Uh, don't quote me on that, but you know, Prime products is, are have the sort of extra benefit than non-Prime yeah. products. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so, what would you say has been your biggest lesson so far? Finding out how to kind of intrigue people about the product has been, you know, like I did automatically know already. Like before we launched, we knew we had a product that, um, you know, we did customer research that people were. intrigued by um like they were looking for something like nostalgic yet new and like um we we thought we really like tapped like did well with the marketing but still for people who've um like the kind of like branding aside like how do you sell a product with low awareness like that's been kind of like 
biggest struggle and it's you know we have to put in the educational effort which is you know it just doesn't sell itself like there's like a pasta sauce for instance like a tomato sauce like everyone knows tomato sauce and like can put kind of wrap their heads around for the most part like the different benefits or like the different kind of like points of differentiation that you see like where's the where origin or like the format of the can um but for a cone jack because it is new um you know, we have to put in that sort of extra time to show people like why this is a cool product and, you know, a gummy snack that you really want to try. And mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I could see where if you're in the boba shop, you could do some kind of an interesting special, you know, with the shop because, yeah. you know, you want them to to try the product. You could do some kind of a promo in the boba shop, you know, like yeah, um, so- buy this you know, buy a large boba, get a da 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 whatever. You know, something like that to kind of drive that initial trial. Yeah, and then in store, obviously, if you had a a, de- a small demo team or some kind of an ambassador, I think that would be super helpful. Yeah, totally agreed. That's it's true. It's just money, right? I'm just spending your money. It's super easy for me. <laughs> yeah. So actually, so one way um, we, I mean, we're always thinking of ways to, like. So usually we give like for the boba, like the new accounts a couple of bags just for like to give out and trial, um, mm. and then actually so because Jella's we have um, we have a bunch of stickers with different like scenes of Jella, different like Jella characters and in, in her and her jelly world, and we've been using like buy buy a bag of pack back snacks get these stickers for free, and that's been really successful too, and that's like kind of like our early foray into like starting to create some wor- like Jella worlds that eventually hopefully will happen. A jello world, yeah. A jello world, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's a, um, I think it's a good product. I said I've, I've tried it. I really, I liked it, and I've even, I've even reordered. I just reordered today. I ordered a couple more of the matcha, and I know you've got the new uh, peach and uh, chia. I'm trying that one, and then of course the mango. So I'm looking forward to having, having some more of those. And so for people who want to just give it a try. What's the best way to for them to find it, Michael? Yeah, so uh, there are several places where we're sold. So um, first, you can always go to packpacksnacks.com, and that's P-A-C-P-A-C snacks with an S at the end. Um, and if you go onto our website, we have a, a store locator. Um, it's, it's just manual, so it's arranged by uh, state and city. So you can see if you're looking for a boba shop near you or in, um, a grocery store, you can see where we're currently listed. And then in addition to that, uh, we're on Amazon. Uh, so just search Pack Pack Snacks. We're on um, Umami Cart, which is a uh, grocery store for Asian snacks. Um, and they have vegetables and lots of produce. Uh, so that's a great place to check out for other interesting products as well. And then we're on Dash Mart in Los Angeles. Umami Cart is U-M-A-M-I-C-A-R-T.com. Um, so from like the, the flavor, like umami flavor. So it's umami cart. And then lastly, uh, so we're on Dash Mart, which is DoorDash's like last mile delivery uh, grocery program, uh, but only in the Los Angeles area. So if you're in LA and want to try our snacks, you can easily get it delivered through Dash Mart. Well, Michael, it's great. I think it's um, it's a journey, brother. Yes, yes. It's a really fun uh, but stressful journey. <laughs> It's a journey and yeah. we'll have to, we'll definitely check in with you again and see how you're doing. And I'm glad to introduce you and your, your new product to everybody. So much, much success to you, Michael. 
Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the podcast.